Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Welcome to Inside the Chamber. I'm Kaylin Rizvold, President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce. Today, we're joined by Ryan McIntyre, the Chief Duck Bill at Platypus. Uh, Ryan is also the Chair of our Business Works Committee here at the Chamber and a member of our Board of Directors here for the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce. So thank you for joining me, Ryan. Yeah, pleasure to be here. So today, we're talking about the graduated income tax. And looking for you to help fill me in on some information. And I kind of want to start with what's the key difference between the flat tax and the graduated income tax? Sure. Yeah. So today, I mean, this is, this is really a constitutional thing in the state of Illinois. So today the constitution in Illinois says that we can only have one tax rate. It doesn't matter how much you make or what you do, you get that, that single tax rate right now. It's just below 5%. Graduated simply means that there's tiers, right? Much like we have at the federal level, where based on your tier, you're taxed at a different percentage rate. So that's what's being proposed. And it's actually the proposed constitutional amendment to to make this change. So this is kind of a big deal in the state of Illinois. So proponents have referred to this as a fair tax or the progressive tax. Are those terms misleading in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, to some extent, they are, right? If you, you know, the the Illinois Chamber did a really nice job breaking down some of the stats for us. And it's amazing, really, today, the top 20% of earners in the the state of Illinois, those those that make the most money on their their paycheck or their income, are paying about 67% of the total taxes here in Illinois. And some some proponents may say that it needs to be a little bit higher, but, but it's still pretty close to their paying their fair share, right, based on, based on level of income. Um, the initial take at this will probably be relatively fair. The, the initial, uh, you know, uh, percentage rates that they're putting out for the graduate income tax as they're supposed to start are one thing. I think what we're really uh, hesitant about, right, is the fact that we're not, the amendment change doesn't bring those rates with it. Those rates are determined as a separate animal. What we're doing is we're giving our state legislatures the ability, we're giving them the keys to the car, right? To say, hey, we no longer have to have this equal flat tax. We're, we're starting with this, but we're kind of letting them go wherever they want to down the road, which is where we're kind of seeing the, the apprehension on our part, right? From a, from a business community standpoint. And how is that difficult for businesses? Well, it brings in uh, a lot of opportunity for the uh, the state to really make different rules for various groups of businesses, right? So one business could get taxed at this rate, another industry or, or sector could get taxed at a different rate. It gives them the full capability um, to do things like that. It, it allows them for the first time to really, you know, tax group A at one rate and tax group B at another rate. And, and that's where that's where a lot of our, our concern lies. Um, in that the, the amendment change allows them to, to make those changes at will. Sure. So talk to me a little bit about that kind of predictability cost. That's what we've heard. You know, does sure. this help the predictability cost and how can this help the businesses? Yeah, it, it, it hurts it to a large extent. There's no doubt that Illinois is in a place where uh, they need more money, right? And, and of course, we're also suggesting they make, they make appropriate cuts uh, to, to go alongside these things. But I think with all the pension uh, issues that we face here in the state of Illinois, 
I think it is inevitable that taxes are going to go up, right? The question is going to be, right, do we force our legislators to make that flat tax increase across the board, right, so that it's, it's more reasonable, it, it still hits a level playing field, or do we give them the ability to go and, and do kind of whatever? And, and I think it's that unpredictability, right, that we don't know how it's going to affect this bracket versus this bracket or this industry versus this industry in the long term. That, that we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, there's more uncertainty that that adds to the business community than we'd like to see. And you're a business owner. How does this affect kind of how you're looking to the future? Yeah, I mean, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're in the software industry, but, um, you know, we have to look at that, right? I, you know, I will tell you, in software especially, it's just as easy for me to set up an office in another state uh, as it is uh, to do to do here, right? So, um, of the industries that can that can kind of switch gears, uh, I could I could very easily, um, you know, quote unquote, move my business to a neighboring state, um, even if I still have employees here, right? Who will still be, uh, you know, dealing with this on a personal level. But um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that uh, you know it affects it affects how we spend money. It affects how we uh, plan for upcoming years. And if this is going to be something that changes every year based on where we're at, it, 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 it puts in enough, uh, enough of a challenge, you know, especially when we've got neighboring states that have, you know, lower income tax rates than we do, uh, a little bit more predictable, it, it, especially it's, uh, companies that are on the borders of our, of our state, very easy for them to move over the line. So do you think that this would interfere with a potential investor's decision to relocate to Illinois or not? I think it has to be a factor. It has to be a factor. I'm not going to say it's it's going to make or break every decision, but it's definitely going to be a factor for companies looking at uh, at Illinois. So Illinois can't be the only one looking at this. How has this happened to other states that have adopted yeah. a graduated income tax? No, and that's 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 a question that's come up a few times. And I think the big one that um, we've looked at that's closest to what we're doing is uh, the state of Connecticut, uh, who in 2009. Uh, started this uh, this endeavor, and what we've <laughs> what we've seen uh, between 2009 and you know we've got data through 2015 from from the Illinois Chamber is the upward pressure of of the the rates, especially on your middle income earners up through your middle to to, to high, right? But that's the majority of of, of the taxpaying base. Um, and that pressure has continued to increase sector by sector and bracket by bracket as, as Connecticut has done that. And it's caused Connecticut to be a very, very expensive place to do business. And it's, it's those keys to the, to the car that we're, we're kind of, uh, that, that our legislature is asking us to hand over, which is, which is, you know, that's the apprehension. Sure. So, and this is something that we are going to see on the ballot in November, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, and just real quick to understand the, the measure on the ballot right? Understand the measure on the ballot is not about the interest rates you're going to pay. The measure on the ballot is about making this constitutional amendment in the state of Illinois, right? It's about giving those keys over, not about what, what the, the brackets are going to be. The brackets are being decided in a, in a, in a separate uh, fashion. We're, we're allowing them to go do this by, by allowing the constitutional amendment. So, How are the brackets decided then? Uh, the brackets are decided in the legislature, right? So once we give them the ability to to do this, um, they're able to to put these together. Now they they've put forward right what those initial brackets are going to look like, um, and you know there's there's pros and cons to the initial bracket set. I think that's all fine and good, right? The, the state does need more revenue. The concern is is for 
subsequent years, what, what they decide to do with those brackets. And that's where the uncertainty comes in. Where else can people go to educate themselves? Because this is a lot of information. And it is a lot of at the ballot box or you get it sent to your house, you know, what, yeah. how does this affect me? And I don't know if everyone realizes that when something affects businesses, it may not directly affect them, but it indirectly affects everybody. Absolutely. So there's, you know, the, the, there's a few, there's some, there's some calculators out there to allow you to see what, what it's going to do, at least on the initial set of, of, um, uh, of uh, brackets that, that get put out there. Um, so we can make that link available. We can also make available, uh, the, the Illinois Chambers put together some wonderful information. Um, so we'll make the link to their site available as well as maybe even their PowerPoint. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. I think a lot of this is educating people, right? You know, I want to, when I go to vote, I want to make sure that I'm informed on all of it. And I want to hear, you know, the good and the bad. And I think it's important for people to know how this will affect business owners like yourself. Yeah. And it's not just business too, right? I mean, anyone who sees this from a personal level, pay attention to this because it's, it's, you, you understand what this is going to do to your personal income situation for the state of Illinois, right? So thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us, Ryan, and stay with us. We'll be back with more Inside the Chamber. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home. Wearing my mask is just part of my routine now, just like wearing my seatbelt. Wearing a mask should be just as routine as brushing your teeth. Wearing a mask for me has become as routine as that first cup of coffee in the morning. As routine as checking my email. I grab my mask every morning just like I grab my car keys. Wearing a mask has been just as routine as putting on your shoes in the morning. Wearing a mask has become as routine as going on a daily walk. Just as routine as having dinner. Wearing a mask is just as routine as having story time with my kids. So make it part of your routine. Please mask up, Naperville. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank & Trust. Welcome back. I'm here with Heather Street. Heather is the Senior Director of Marketing Strategy and Brand at Navistar. Heather is also a new member of our Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. And we wanted to get to know her a little bit. Heather, tell us how you got started at Navistar. Great. Thank you, Kaylin. And thank you for this opportunity and your leadership on the board. Um, I have been with Navistar. I'm fortunate enough to be there for 14 years. Um, and Navistar, for those of you who may not know, we are a leading maker of commercial vehicles, um, school buses and engines. So, you know, our vehicles are doing anything from the big semis hauling loads across the country to 
um, local pickup and delivery, um, as well as you know, road construction, emergency vehicles, and as well as our school buses. So needless to say, our vehicles are, are embedded within local communities all across the country. And that sense of community kind of carries over to, to our support locally with Navistar, with our 2,000 plus employees, um, you know, really supporting the community. And I'm thrilled to be um, representing Navistar on the board of directors, just getting started. Um, so, you know, a little bit about me and kind of my role at Navistar. So on the brand side, you know, really what I do is I oversee our brand strategy, which is essentially like how we organize our portfolio brands and, and how we bring it to, to market publicly. And then on the, the marketing side, I really, um, you know, support driving uh, awareness and demand for our portfolio of, of products and services. Um, and I'm thrilled to be doing that for, for quite a while now at Navistar. It's been, it's been great. And what were you doing before you were at Navistar? Yeah, so I actually started my career in the advertising agency side. So um, I, you know, lived downtown Chicago for the early part of my career. Um, grew up in Naperville, actually. So I've actually, my, my involvement with Naperville has actually spanned for decades. But I started my career downtown Chicago for about a decade working on uh, large consumer brands and ad agencies. But I knew that, you know, when the time came, I wanted to move back to Naperville uh, to raise my family, which is what we did. Um, so I've been back at Naperville for, for quite some time now, um, really trying to instill the, the sense of community involvement with my family as well. So, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, volunteering and, and taking advantage of all the local community has to offer. And, you know, I'm thrilled to kind of use my professional expertise to kind of you know, enhance my volunteering opportunities uh, with the Chamber. Awesome, and Navistar has been such a great supporter of the Chamber, and it's wonderful to have you, you know, joining our Board of Directors team. Um, as your first year, you know, what have you kind of uh, noticed or enjoyed about being on our Board of Directors? Yeah, joining the Naperville uh, Chamber has been a great experience, although I'm only about four months in. Um, you know, just the sense of involvement within the, the Chamber members. I mean, each one of us, have unique skill sets that complement each other. You know, we come from different industries, different size companies, but we all rally together with the same goal of, of supporting our local communities and being uh, advocates on behalf of the local businesses. It's really been a great experience so far and in the short time I've been there, so I'm looking forward to, to what the future has to offer by being a board member. Yeah, and, and thank you for being involved with our, our board. And we've heard a little bit about you professionally and just wanted to hear something from you personally. What's something that you like to do in your free time or a hobby that you have? Oh boy, <laughs> free time, I love to travel. It's been somewhat limited, so we've had to be a little bit more creative these days in terms of our, our travel efforts. And I'm actually a, a little bit of a home improvement junkie. So we're DIYers, so we're always looking for, for new projects uh, to do around the house and you know, Recently, it's been affording us time to do it. It seems like my list always gets longer. I can find new, new things to, to do. And then professionally, um, you know, I really try to be a mentor. You know, I've been in the marketing world for a while. Um, there's a lot of young professionals that are, are you know, coming into the, into the marketing industry. So I try to be a mentor you know, within um, my organization as well as within uh, my, my alumni group from college as well. So. That's kind of my, my professional, uh, you know, what I like to do in my free time. Yeah. You said from college, where did you go to school? I went to uh, Drake University in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. 
Awesome. Well, it was fun getting to know a little bit more about you and look forward to having you continue to be engaged on our board of directors. Thank you. Thank you, Kaylin. Appreciate it. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank and Trust. Naperville Bank and Trust has the expertise, knowledge, and experience to help you reach your business goals. They provide all the tools that you would ask uh, that we as a growing business need of a bank. Most importantly to me, it's a, a great personal relationship we have with Tom and John and, and our bankers. It was the best thing we could have done in banking. And banking can be very cold. What the bank brings to us is, is that warm feeling when you come into the bank and people say, hi, Greg. It's about being part of the community again, about being a name again, about having credit for who your business is instead of just being, well, instead of just being a number. Naperville Bank and Trust, bring it home. Welcome back to Inside the Chamber. I'm here with Lindsay Ewing, who's our Director of Programs and Events here at the Chamber. Thank you for joining us, Lindsay. Yeah, thanks for having me. So when the pandemic hit and everything kind of changed, our events had to change too. And we do a lot of events here at the Chamber. So talk to us a little bit about kind of what happened in March and April and how the Chamber has been able to pivot. Yeah, uh, certainly. It was an interesting time, uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, everything hit and we um, immediately had to move virtual. I mean, we had to move our state of the city, um, which was the first event in general that we had to move in, let alone one of our largest events. So um, took that one all virtual and saw a lot of success with that. We got a lot of great feedback. Um, but in general, we moved to a lot of different virtual programming um, throughout. So we had um, different members sponsor programs. We had members um, speaking on them. We did a lot of great stuff. We created a new speakers bureau panel. Um, so really kind of adjusted uh, things a bit there. And then now uh, we're moving into more of hybrid programming. So we still are doing a lot of virtual stuff, but we're also bringing some people um, in person to uh, here into the chamber and then into some other events. Um, so, you know, we're able to do that through um, the Calamos conference room and all the great technology we have in there through the Future Forward campaign. Yeah, and how have you found that people have taken to both the virtual and the hybrid events? Have you found there's like a sweet spot that what time or days that work better for people? Um, what have you kind of observed over time? You know, it's interesting. Um, I think people are a little bit slower to come back to some of the live events, which, um, you know, we, we expected, but we did have a really successful um, women in business and um, young professionals um, crossover event that we hosted um, at Old Town Poorhouse. Um, so obviously limited the amount of uh, people that were able to attend that. Um, but that went over really well. Um, people got their own little appetizer plates, um, individual ones, and you know we had everybody wearing masks when they weren't seated. So um, that was a really great event that brought a lot of people out. Um, we also have um, just been 
seeing people, you know, coming in a little bit more and more to some of the hybrid events in here. Um, but the virtual programs have been great and it's just given people, um, you know, an opportunity to attend things they might not really be able to um, given time constraints. So being able to hop onto a virtual program um, quickly, you know, has, has really increased some of the attendance for some things. And it's also increased who we can reach out to, right? I know for one of our diversity, equity, and inclusion panels, we had a senior VP from Starbucks out in Seattle join us. And that's been interesting as it kind of changed who you're asking to speak. Yeah, it's such a great point. Like we're able to pull in national talent and really um, incredible speakers. So that has been definitely a positive to come out of everything. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what else the Chamber is doing to make sure that those hybrid or in-person events are safe? Yeah, so we have all the necessary PPE equipment in here. Um, we have hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, our team wipes down everything after people come through. Um, you know, everybody is required to wear masks. Um, and then we um, clean everything after everybody leaves. We've got hand sanitizer everywhere. And we're just really following all of the, the guidelines that the CDC has put out. And what have you heard about the hybrid meetings? You know, I like that I've attended a few of the hybrid meetings that if you want to be in person and you feel safe to be in person, that you can come make some of those connections, but people at home aren't left out either. What's the feedback that you've heard for some of those hybrid, in-person, and at-home events? Yeah, I mean, we've gotten a lot of great feedback on the hybrid ones. So there are definitely people that are itching to get out or people that have been out that are in, um, you know, those essential fields. So um, they enjoy being in person for the programming, but there are other people that are not comfortable with that yet. So it's really great that we're able to be able to offer um, those options to everybody. Sure. And talk to us a bit, little bit about some more events that are upcoming, like Leadership Naperville and how that's going to work. So Leadership Naperville is going to be great. We're going to do that hybrid as well. Um, generally, that's an in-person um, program. But so um, that really gives, uh, you know, business leaders in here a great opportunity to um, engage with uh, local politicians and other community leaders um, on various programs that we've got going on. So they'll learn about Naperville's history. Um, they'll um, learn about economic development. We've got a great panel for that that Christine Jeffries is going to lead. And then we'll have the opportunities to meet um, some uh, local government officials, uh, including Mayor Cherico and um, State Rep. Grant Worley. So a uh, really great opportunity to dive in a little bit deeper into the workings of the city and really make those great connections. Um, so that is going to run every Tuesday from October 6th through November 10th. Um, and that's generally in the morning about 8 to 9.30. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for all the work you've done. I mean, to be able to pivot on a dime and take our events virtual has been fantastic. And I think it's really worked to show our members that we are here and we're here for you. And if Absolutely. you want to, you know, come at us and come meet us with your computer, you can do that. If you want to come in person, you know, grab your mask and hand sanitizer and do that. But just because the, there is a pandemic, the chamber hasn't changed. Absolutely. Not at all. Except that we're doing, you know, some meetings like this. <laughs> Well, this will be great. Well, thank you for sharing with us. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing more of you all at some of our events. Again, the Chamber is here to support you and to continue to keep you networking and informed and educated. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Inside the Chamber.
NCTV17's news team brings you coverage that is specific to Naperville, accurate, and up-to-date on the latest developments in our community. These stories keep us informed and inspired. These stories bring us together. If you value your local nonprofit television station, please make a donation so NCTV17 can continue its mission of telling local stories on air and online. Welcome back. We're joined by Kelly Kaisers, our Director of Marketing and Communications here at the Chamber with our Marketing Minute. Thanks, Kaylin. A good website offers good design that is eye-catching, simple, reflective of your brand, and is rounded with good function. So I thought today for the Marketing Minute, we should probably talk about how to make your website a little more user-friendly. So here's some tips, some key components that will do just that. I think number one, simplicity is the rule of thumb. Have a site that works well on both the phone and desktop. Keep that navigation simple and the important things easy to find. Avoid too many images and too much text. And just remember, most people's attention spans are short and they want that information fast. Number two, the user experience above all else. So if the average user can't figure out your website or find the information, you won't rank well with search engines. So make sure that experience is perfect for the user. Number three, be responsive. Is your website able to change easily with different screen sizes? If not, think your site as you're losing visitors and SEO. Number four, website speed. If you have a website that takes too long to load, watch your visitors bounce. Assess those image sizes, have a quality site host, and website plugins should be limited. That will help maximize your speed. And last, number five, build for all browsers. Make sure your website looks good on all browsers. Google Chrome, Firefox, Safari, this helps your SEO. And if you need any help with anything with your website, let us know. We have lots of members who are sure to help you along the way. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you for joining us for Inside the Chamber. See you next time. Inside the Chamber is brought to you by presenting sponsor, Naperville Bank & Trust.